episode eight of the Prolific Christian Writer Podcast. Today, I talk about starting my journey as a new author and how I wrote and published my first two books. Welcome to the Prolific Christian Writer Podcast, where we believe you can change the world with your words. Follow an indie author and pastor and his guests as they share inspiration, tips, and advice on how you can honor Christ and change the world by writing fast, writing often, and writing well. I'm your host, Tian Doan. Now let's get on with today's show. I'm recording this on the first week of December 2017. just want to give you a little update about what's been going on. Uh, just finished my first draft of my third book, and let me tell you, it was actually really hard learning that finishing is really, really hard. You know, the finishing energy at the end there can really do something. I don't know. You just uh, have to deal with a lot of uh, procrastination and self-doubt, but I finally finished the first draft, so I'm pretty excited about that. This is my third book. I just started editing it, editing it, and uh, the book is is uh, going to be called The Devil and Doctor. Sarks, and it's actually a book on spiritual warfare, so I'm pretty excited about it. Um, if you are interested in getting a free copy, an early review copy, just let me know. Uh, email me, and uh, I'll put you on the list when it is ready. I'm hoping to get this out before the end of the year, uh, maybe even by Christmas. So um, just stay tuned, uh, and I'll let you know about the, the book that's coming out. On our show today, we have a special interview, and the person being interviewed is me. I was uh, interviewed on uh, Ryan Pelton's podcast a couple of months ago. Uh, his, sh- his podcast is called The Prolific Writer Podcast, and uh, Ryan's a friend of mine, and I stole the name and the idea for my podcast, and I patterned it after his. So I'm going to play the audio recording of the interview that I did with Ryan for for his show, The Prolific Writer Podcast. I want to encourage you to check out his podcast, The Prolific Writer Podcast. Check it out, Ryan Pelton, uh, ryanjpelton.com, and uh, he's a a great guy. So I want to encourage that. Just want to say also that there was a little bit of audio distortion in the middle of our interview, but it gets better. So uh, yeah, don't worry about that. We talk a lot about uh, me, who I am, my background, how I got started, my writing process. We even talked about a few writing tips. So uh, this uh, uh, interview actually is um, meant for new and aspiring authors. And if you're out there, if you're if you're new, you're just getting started. Um, I think you'll learn a lot. You'll gain a lot. And I, I hope this interview is encouraging for you and it's, it's helpful for you, especially those of you who are just getting started on your writing journey. So let's get on with uh, today's interview. Welcome, everyone, to the Prolific Writer Podcast. This is your host, Ryan J. Pelton, and I am privileged again to have another wonderful guest on the show. Actually, I have a doctor on the line, and so uh, Dr. Uh, Tian Doan, and he is uh, gracing us with his presence. And one of the things you know about our show is I don't want to just have you know people that have written a thousand books and bestsellers and all that, and this is not to degrade our fine doctor, but... Um, uh, Dr. Doan is a pastor. He's a church planner. He's written a couple of books, um, and he has a lot of degrees behind his name and, uh, he's kind of just starting out on the writing journey. And so, uh, I think it's important that we have our guests, uh, to be a variety of, of writers. So hopefully you'll be really encouraged by his story. We are 
our friends, and uh, he's going to offer a lot of value this today. So, so thanks for coming on the show, Doctor Doan. Hey Ryan, uh, let's uh, cut it with the doctor. Just call me TN. Okay, should be fine. Well, and one other thing that I think we need to just kind of lay our cards on the table as we start is um, the uh, fine doctor. I know he says not to call him doctor, but this has to do with his uh, fandom. So Lakers, Los Angeles Lakers. I grew up in LA. Um, That's right. He grew up in LA and I'm a Clippers fan. And so let's just, let's just start the interview the right way. Who's going to have more wins this year, Lakers or Clippers? Well, uh, Lakers, of course, uh, Clippers, uh, they, they look terrible. They look terrible again. Chris Paul fled the, the sinking ship. So, uh, they're going to be back in the lottery. So all is right in the world of, uh, NBA basketball. And uh, Lakers, uh, they, they're they'll be on the bubble. I think they'll they'll fight for the eighth spot. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm rooting for 40 games. So, well, you know, it's it's good to live in a fantasy world. I think that helps <laughs> as writers. Um, there's yeah, no objective evidence of the case, but you know, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. We'll we'll, we'll still be friends. <laughs> uh, well, uh, on a more serious note, thank you for coming on the show. And uh, why don't we open our time? Tell us, fill a little of the background. Um, you know, what's your family like? What do you do for work? Kind of talk about that. Yeah. Well, let's see. Um, I am Vietnamese. I'm actually I was actually born in Vietnam. Uh, came to America as uh, a refugee. Um, the youngest of my family, and I was a year old when our, our, our family left Vietnam, and uh, we bumped around a couple of places, and we were we lived in Washington State, and then finally that was too cold for my parents, and so we they moved us to sunny Southern California, and. Um, uh, yeah, so they, they, they're refugees, and it's just like a totally different experience. And, um, you know, it's interesting, and I think people are talking about the refugee experience nowadays uh, a lot more because of all the other crazy stuff that's going on in the world. But uh, one of the things with, uh, with being a refugee uh, immigrant is that, um, you know, you come to this new land with this idea that there is no going back, that this is your home. And you um, you really try to immerse yourself into the new culture, and so that's that's kind of my background. And uh, so I, you know, I was only a year old. I don't really, I don't have any memories about uh, about back then, uh, the the homeland. I've been back a couple times, but um, the interesting thing is, uh, you know, I grew up in a real difficult family situation. Um, you know, drugs, uh, my brother's in and out of jail, things like that, uh, you know, poverty. And uh, and something happened in my life when I was a teenager. And uh, I didn't grow up in a, um, a religious home, uh, but God did something in my life. And I uh, started going to church as a teenager. And it really, it changed my life. And, and that's actually a lot of what uh, led me down this road. Um, I'm a pastor now. And been a pastor for about 20 years, and uh, started writing, um, you know, writing some books. And uh, I think I really found my my calling in in the writing. It just kind of uh, puts everything together for me. You know, I have a lot of stories that yeah, I can't just I can't tell at church, you know. And I just want to put it out there into uh, a book form, and uh, it, it seems to go well. Hmm. I think it's, it's you have a, a great story because I, I think uh, you know I grew up in LA, very multicultural environment, and I think some people for, forget that that 
you know, a lot of my friends, I mean, growing up from school were all refugees. They're all immigrants. I mean, they came from other places and that's just kind of normal. Um, and, and what's, I think what's interesting about that, and I actually thought you were going to go a different direction, but, um, is a lot of families that aren't from here, they really immerse themselves in kind of American culture, like pop culture to like learn the language and understand kind of what's going on and, you know, get real familiar with TVs and books and movies, even just trying to learn the language. And, uh, I, I have a lot of friends actually that, you know, watch yeah. like police Academy and, and these silly movies <laughs> in the eighties just to like learn how to speak the language. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, you know, so their first inroad into kind of, I mean, whether that's good or bad into our culture is kind of pop culture, you know, pop books, pop movies, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, well, Hey, thanks for sharing that, uh, at the end. And, and we, uh, we're going to jump in. Um, you have, uh, two books out on the market and, um, and they've been doing really well and uh, really great books. I've, I've read both of them, actually, and uh, really, really, really excited for you just because we started a conversation um, a while ago. You know, you're yeah, even before I published them, I think yeah. I was asking you uh, like, hey, how do you do this? I'm, you know, right. and uh, I just, you know, I listened to, uh, to your podcast and I think I, I think I listened to almost all of them. I might have missed one or two of the early ones, but uh, uh, you really helped me a lot. So um, it really set my my mindset and my goal isn't, you know, it, not necessarily to make a million bucks or to, to but that idea of being uh, prolific, you know, um, I just uh, that's what I could control. And, you know, I could control about what I produce. And it just really gave me a good framework and a goal and a mindset. So I appreciate what you do. Hey, my pleasure. Um, and, and that's, you know, I, I hope when people are listening to this, I have to say this every few episodes is like when, when I, you know, when I, when we say prolific, I think people get nervous. It's like, well, that means you're going to write really bad books and you're going to write a lot of bad ones. Um, and, you know, we have people on here that have written a hundred books. We have people that have written 29 books in a year. And so they, they think that's what prolific means. And, and I think for me and the way I understand it is that that's actually defined how you want to define it. I mean, for mm-hmm. some people that's three books a year, that's two books a year, that's one book a year, that's 10 books a year. Um, but, but really we're talking about consistency. We're talking about quality consistency because book writing and we can get into it, but is, is so subjective, you know, what Mm -hmm. is good good writing for one person or one audience is not for another. And, and, and so the idea that, you know, there's some perfect book out there, there's some, you know, magic, you know, unicorn of, of books that, you know, we write is just really a myth that I want to kind of blow up and to Mm -hmm. say, if Mm -hmm. you want to make it in the indie space and you want to have eyeballs on your work, you just have to be consistent. And, um, and so, so we can get into that a little bit. Um, so you've, you've jumped right in. So, so dig into a little more of your story. You talked about, you know, how writing's kind of been part of your work and, and, yeah. and so where did that, where did that kind of, kind of moment begin where you said, you know, I really, I really enjoy this. I, I, I like putting pen to paper or computer to paper or whatever. Yeah. Um, talk about that. Uh, you know, I, I've always wanted to, to write, but I never got serious about it. Um, there might have been some short stories back in, in high school and college, but, uh, you know, never really serious about it. I'm, I'm pretty ADD with a lot of different things. I'm creative. I, I like to start a lot of projects, and I, I like, finish none of them. But um, something changed when I was actually working on my doctorate. Um, I, I I was really stuck, and I kept on getting um, – I was um, – they call it ABD, all but dissertation, and I was just really stuck. Um, and I actually uh, – they tell you not to do this. I had a project already approved, a, a thesis already approved, and outlined and all this stuff and research done halfway, and I decided to change my whole topic. And they tell you never to do that. 
And, I, you know, so I changed the topic um, and basically started over. And it, I had all these deadlines. And I, I was coming back to, like, one of my, like, very final deadlines. And they were saying, hey, you need to do this. You know, you need to get it done by this time. And then so I got serious. I was like, okay, um, I can't play around because I, I, you know, wasted all this money if I'm not going to graduate, finish my degree. Um, and so I started a early morning writing habit. And it was, um, you know, I, I got up, uh, it, I set the alarm for 4.45. And I try to get in, you know, an hour, hour and a half of writing before, um, you know, have to take care of the kids and take them to school. And I, I started doing that. And um, at this point, um, the, and the reason why I, I, I changed my dissertation is kind of like what Stephen Pressfield said, like he was 99 percent done with a book and he just threw it away. And that's how I felt. I said, like, it wasn't good enough. But I didn't have that opportunity because I actually thought it was terrible. And uh, when I turned it into my readers, I thought it was terrible. And I, I but it was my last opportunity. I was my back was against the wall. If I didn't turn in this, um, I was not going to graduate. And um, it was it was, you know, so I just motored through is it it like 300 and something pages of research writing, which is like painful writing. It's not, you know, there's no prose in it. It's terrible <laughs> diction. You have to write everything in a passive voice and you, you, you cannot, you're a researcher, you know, you have to say the researcher believes that, you know, this is, so you can't even give your opinion. And it's just like terrible writing. It's just like painful. So I turned it in. And then while I was waiting for, um, my uh, readers to get back to me, I, I started thinking, hey, I'm, I got used to this getting up at 4.45 in the morning. Let me just pick up this, uh, let me just write some other stuff. So I started taking one of my, um, uh, one of my projects, one of my old uh, sermon series that, that I did, and I just started writing down the thoughts uh, there. And um, as uh, as a pastor, you know, I've, I've been uh, creating content, uh, a, a, you know, a sermon, which is uh, about 30 or 40 minute speech, basically, um, every single week for almost 20 years now. And I have a lot of material, and um, I'm actually kind of a frustrated uh, preacher because um, I never feel like um, my sermon is finished when I preached it. I feel like it, it, there was like 70% done, but I wish I could um, say more and develop these thoughts. And then also to fit that, that thought into the time slot, I have to cut a lot of really good material, some illustrations, some stories, you know, some, uh, and, um, you know, I, 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 I would have to leave that out of the sermon. But of course, you know, I save those stories and I save those writings and I just throw it in the files. Uh, you know, I sometimes I use Evernote, sometimes I use other things. And so when I, I had this, uh, while I was waiting for my dissertation to be read, um, I said, hey, let me just pick up and try to write this into a book, this, the, this sermon series I just finished. Let me try to write it into a book. So I put it, I just, I, I put it into a book and um, uh, it, it, it really changed. It really changed my my, my perspective. It's like um, uh, the funny thing is, uh, I did not want anyone to read it. I was just writing it just to to pass time because I, I didn't want to lose the habit of waking like waking up early. Because in my mind, I thought the 
my my dissertation um, committee was going to come back to me in a week and say, hey, you need to rewrite this and change all this stuff. So I didn't want to lose the habit of getting up early. So I just started writing. Um, and I finished that book in a month. And um, I was like, hey, that wasn't bad. And uh, I actually get, um, I told a friend of mine from church who's also, you know, a, a person that she, she wants to write also. I told her about this thing. I was like, hey, I want to write. And she actually uh, motivated me by giving me some accountability. She says, you know, um, I want to I want to see like I want to see uh, a rough draft. I, I, you know, I want to see. You. And I was like, no one has ever, at that point. No one's ever read anything that I wrote before because, you know, I don't know, just this, this self-doubt. And um, so I gave it to her. Again, thinking that it was terrible. And she said, hey, this is good stuff. You should publish this. And I was like, no, I, want, I, I don't want to do that. Um, the funny thing is, with the dissertation, a month later, the dissertation I thought was terrible, my reading committee, my, my readers, said, um, we don't actually have any suggestions for a redraft. It's like, this has never happened before. Um, all you need to do is get some some line editing, but it is good to publish and your dissertation, like you could defend this dissertation without any second draft. And they're like, that's, you know, that's never happened before where first draft is a defense ready dissertation. And I was like, oh, I thought it was terrible. That's why I've been putting it off for so long. <laughs> so I was like, you know what, maybe, maybe I'm not that bad of a writer. Um, so, uh, I threw it together. Um, uh, I, 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 I put it together on a, a you know an ebook form, uh, put it out there into the world, and um, I did all the editing. There was still a bunch of uh, you know typos and errors and stuff at the first draft and stuff, and um, uh, but it got good reviews and it started doing well. And even today, my first book is called it's called The Life Path. Um, it's, uh, sitting at 4.8 stars, uh, which is, uh, you know, around 50 or so reviews, which is like, wow, I, I didn't think, you know, this was kind of, in my mind, this was like my first, I just want to get something out there so I could improve. But I was like, Hey, I'm, maybe this is not that bad. So, um, you know, that really changed my, my, my thinking. So, uh, yeah, that's, that, that was the start. Um, and I have like, now I have this this writing habit. Uh, I'm working on my my third book, and it should be published uh, before. I'm giving myself a deadline. It's going to be published before November the 10th because uh, I actually I have to. Uh, I'm going on a trip. I'm traveling so uh, for some work, uh, some conferences. So my my goal is to uh, publish my third. Um, so that'll be basically I, it's uh, if I keep that date, it will be basically a book every two months. And and these are like real books. They're you know, they're 200 pages. I do a, a, a print copy um, and they you know, my second book is has five stars, five There's not that many reviews, but uh, all I got all five stars and they started selling well. Um, you know, being an unknown person, it, it was kind of interesting that they both um, got picked up. They both hit 
the number one bestseller on uh, Amazon uh, in like uh, in three different categories, and then they hit the 100 top 100 in 13 different categories, which is like I was like wow. And a lot of it was, you know, I had to teach myself I, um, how to use the AMS ads. You know, I promoted some things at, you know, 99 cents, mm -hmm. gave it away for free and did these different things. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've just been learning about the business. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, it, it, for me, I feel I, I'm, I'm super excited and I'm, I think I, I found the, the, you know, just a, a – uh, I'm just really passionate. I found I found a missing part of my calling. Like mm -hmm. I love the church. I never want to leave the, the church ministry, but mm -hmm. there was always this creative part that I felt like you know I I, I like to create. I, I mm -hmm. don't get a chance to do that that often. Sure. So this allows me to do that. That's great. Yeah, I want to I want to uh, follow up on a, a little thread that you um, mentioned. So you're you're writing these sermons. You have all this content and you know, say, Hey, I could turn this into a book. And, uh, one of the things I was thinking about as you're, you're telling that part of your story is a lot of people listening don't realize how much content they actually already have. Mm -hmm. um, we have a lot of bloggers. We have people that write articles, you know, we've had pastors, we have, you know, you name it. Um, they, they already have it there. They just need to put it together. They need to kind of, you know, compile it into something that's maybe book worthy. Maybe it needs some editing. Maybe it needs more, a little more, like you mentioned, fleshed out, you know, you can't just take a sermon and just write it, you know, and yeah. publish it verbatim because you want to mm -hmm. say more, you want to add more, you want it to be a, a reading experience, not a listening experience. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's case in point. I mean, I, I wrote a series of blog posts, which became my first book. It was, it was about leadership. It was just some, some basic ideas that I wanted to share with some leaders, leaders in our church. And, and that's where mine began. And, and it was that kind of aha moment of saying, we have content all around us. We have ideas around it. We might, we might even have journals, you know, that we've written, you know, reflected on things that are, that are publishing worthy, you know? So, so as someone listening, if you're just starting, like begin looking for, what do you have already kind of there? Maybe you have a couple failed manuscripts or half written ones, or you have a piece here, piece there, article there, article there, blog post here. Like you probably have a, a book somewhere that you can kind of get started. And so, so I love that, love that part. And then I think the other thing would just be your, you know, your writing habit. I think, you know, rather than saying, well, let's just let that go away. You're saying, well, Hey, let's use that time. That's a good time to just continue to create and continue to, mm -hmm. to work on stuff and, and keep in the, in the practice. I think that's, that's really important. So, um, so tell me, um, you know, you, you've had some success, you, you know, your books have, have done pretty well. Your, you know, your first couple real books and, and, you know, people are buying them and, and, and they're great. And, but, but talk a little bit about kind of when you think about your story, what are some, some failures that you've been learning, um, along the way, as far as, uh, writing and publishing? Yeah, I, I think for, for me, uh, it is the, the self doubt and the procrastination, and the excuses, you know, and um, you're you're actually catching me on a, a bad writing a writing uh, time right now because uh, my book's around forty uh, around forty thousand words. My uh, you know so about two hundred uh, uh, printed pages, um, give or take a, a few, and I'm thirty five hundred uh, thirty five thousand words into my my third book, and I hate it. And I want to change it, and I want to, I want to, I want to just change the whole premise. And um, it's, you know, I have this all this self doubt. And before, honestly, um, the first couple things that I, I did, like for the dissertation and my first book, it was like 
I just need to finish some things and I just want to feel good about finishing. Mm-hmm. And, but heck, um, that they all hit bestseller and I got 4.8 stars on one and 5.0 stars another. And my third one, I'm like, man, this doesn't measure up. So like I'm my, I'm my own worst enemy, right? I'm, I'm just having all these, the self doubts. Like, is this good enough? Um, so, um, I think, yeah, procrastination, uh, excuses, uh, rethinking, you know, rethinking the project and, and, so my my I, I have to tell myself, OK, uh, you know, I think I don't know if I heard it from you or, or you, you probably stole it from somewhere else. But uh, they say, uh, Most likely. you know, yeah, you know, uh, uh, like like what is it done is better than perfect or something like that. I mean, I just I, you know, and Seth Godin talks about, you know, you got to ship uh, ship it out. And so so that's what I'm working with. Like, I never finish things. I literally have like I still right now I have. um uh, uh, three or four other book projects in my mind. And, uh, when I'm stuck on this current one, I feel like, well, you know what, let me, should I stop this one? Because I don't, I'm not feeling motivated. And should I work on this new ideas, bright and shiny object over here? And I have to tell myself, no, you, you, you have to finish. Even if it sucks, you got to finish because, you know, if I allow myself to get into that old habit of moving from project to project, um, I'm just going to have 10 half-finished projects and, and nothing. I'd rather have a bad book finished than 10 half-finished projects. So that, that's what I'm working through. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, 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 you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting. I mean, I, I haven't had, like, like real success yet, mm-hmm. um, but I even feel like, like, Okay, um, I need to improve, mm-hmm. and and it's like I don't know. I it's it's uh, it's a weird measurement. Like I don't know how I would improve on on four point eight stars and five point zero stars. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's a bad thing. So I think that's the thing in the past that that has really gotten me. It's um, mm-hmm. uh, but one thing one thing that really helped, and and maybe I, I was going to save this for. Um, um, advice uh, at the at the end, but uh, letting someone read what you think is bad mm-hmm. is is uh, was a breakthrough for me because when I you know um, let my friend read my book the first time I you know I thought it was terrible but she was like no this is really good mm-hmm. and she actually you know um, gave it back uh, and with uh, some annotate, uh, annotated notes and she and one of her notes like. Like this story made me cry. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh well, okay, there's something there. Um, uh, so I, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, all this internal head stuff. Yeah. Um, well, I but, think yeah, I think you're tapping into what most writers don't talk about enough. Um, I think we, um, you you made a comment. Um, I, I don't know where you made a comment. Maybe we were just talking. And you said, you know, I'm kind of tired of the podcast that it's like everything's about marketing and tricks and tips and all that. Yeah. Um, and there's a place for that, obviously. I mean, we talk about that stuff, too. Um, but talking about the head game, you know, yeah. I had jo- Joanna Penn on here a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And, you know, um, it, it's not because I don't have the right software. It's not because I don't understand Facebook ads. It's the daily like I just wrote two books and I think this is the worst thing I've ever written. And yeah. and and I think it's cuz we we get so close to the project, it's hard to be objective or subjective yeah. or or it becomes more subjective. 
Uh, and that's the weird thing. I mean, it's like the you know band who releases a new album. It's the sophomore yeah. slump. It's the how yeah. do I how can I measure up? You know, um, and, and I don't think writing. You know, I, I think writing is so unique because especially your your writing and you know I write similar nonfiction books too, but um, th- they're so different. They they meet different needs. They're trying to solve different solutions and problems or find or solve problems and you know uh, yeah. create solutions. And so it's like, how do you gauge that? How do you gauge what is, Oh, is this better? Is this, you know, am I climbing a hill or am I just, you know, it's, it's okay. But you know, and one of my favorite books I've written personally, it's a novel that only a few people have read. Um, I think it's my best thing. I mean, I think I've had feedback. It is my best thing. And yet for some reason it's just not, maybe because it's not in a series, maybe because it's just by itself. I don't know. Um, It doesn't connect, but it's still my favorite. I think it's the best written thing I've done. And so, Mm It's just funny how writing can be so subjective in that way. Um, and, and, you know, and then we're, we just have to ask ourselves a lot of questions like, what is it that I don't think is, what do I think is bad about it? Is it mm-hmm. the actual writing? Is it the premise? Is it the flow? Is it the, you know, I didn't use enough stories? Is it, you know, whatever. Because um, sometimes I think we're just our worst critics and those things are kind of, eh, they're subjective. Like, yeah, you could move that around, but that's not really going to change the book, you know. Um, or this pressure, like you're saying, it's like this pressure of, I, you know, I got all these good reviews. I, I can't have a four star. I can't have a one star. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, the one stars are good because I think it's, <laughs> it, it, it reminds us like, I mean, a lot of times people are just like, oh, the, the book didn't come in a timely fashion. One star. Yeah. You're like, you didn't really read the yeah. book, did you? Um, but yeah. you know, it just, you, you can learn from that and then, and then, you know, move on from it. But, um, but no, I appreciate you sharing that because that's, that's the thing that, I want, I want writers to hear is not, it's not, well, you don't have the right writing desk or the right, you know, computer. It's the games we play in our head. Mm -hmm, And and that's going to, you know, every book, it's going to be a challenge. Um, so with that transition though, let's talk about, you talked about the, you know, 445 writing habit. Is that still kind of your habit? Talk, talk us through a little about the detail. Yeah. Yeah. What does that look like now? How's that evolved? Um, I still set the, the alarm there. Um, today, what that's another reason it was a bad day. Um, I got to my desk at seven. Usually I, I try to get here before six, you know, um, but it's not, um, uh, yeah, it, you know, I, I couldn't do it today. Um, but I try to, this is, this is the thing. Um, in actually in my, uh, the, the book, my first book, it's called the life path. And, uh, it's, it's kind of a, a life planning productivity, you know, like try to figure out your life. And the, the reason I wrote that was to help like in my, like in my family and in my church, there's all these young adults who are just wandering and they don't have direction. They're looking for, they're looking for passion. They're looking for whatever. And they just, you know, they just need, they need a path. And, uh, so in that book, I, I have this one tip and it's a tip that, that, um, that I use, um, uh, I call it a, a, a gateway behavior. And, uh, some people might, might call it like a mini habit or something like that. But, um, I, you know, the, the idea is like, I just need something like the hardest thing to do is, is, uh, get started is to break the, the power of the gravity of inertia, you know, to go from like bed to, you know, uh, your desk or, you know, um, whatever off the couch or in, into the gym. It doesn't matter, you know, just that, that small step, that first step. So my, um, uh, my gateway behavior for writing is I say, I want to write 200 words a day 
which is small. And even on the worst day, um, I, I think I, I think what's her you know what's her name Twyla Tharp talks about this, like uh, having a small habit that you do, that e- that you could even accomplish, even on the day that your dog dies, you know, like like you having a terrible day, but you could still do two hundred words. Mm-hmm. So I, I aim at you know um, around uh, two thousand words, but I set the bar low to have compassion on myself to at 200 words. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I will never get to 2000 words if I don't get to 200. But there are some days that all I can do is 200. And it allows me to have compassion for myself to say, Hey, um, I don't beat myself up because I, I, I technically accomplish my goal. And um, the most important part is that that consistency, you know, um, you know, putting in your reps, uh, you know, they, everyone talks about that uh, story about Jerry Seinfeld and that calendar with the, the you know, don't break the chain. And that, that's what I do. Um, uh, everything is kind of outlined out and and I get there. I know what I'm writing. So um, it's kind of weird. I, I need I, I, I need um, I have a time for writing. But I need to change sometimes the atmosphere. Sometimes I'm at Starbucks. Sometimes I'm at my desk in my in my office. I don't write at home. I, I just can't uh, get stuff done. Sometimes I go to uh, um, to a park, and you know I actually write on my you know I have notebooks. I write longhand at a park. Sometimes uh, you know so I, I switch uh, places, but that time slot's always there. Um, so that's that's what I do. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's good. I, I think sometimes you know when you're stuck a little bit or you feel like you know you're you're not in that groove is like switching up the environment. You know, we we always assume oh this is the best environment, but until we switch and we go oh actually I like writing at the park. I like writing at the coffee house. I like noise. I like you know some people like dead quiet. I think it's just you know like you know one place that I like to write that yeah. I think this is a maybe this would be a tip for for people who are looking for a place to write. Like if you're in a city that has like a nice hotel or a convention center or like a, a resort, mm-hmm. like, like, you know, we have, I'm in Orange County. There's a bunch of those everywhere. So like, I'll, um, I'll put on, you know, I'll put on some, some slacks and a button up shirt and I'll go into this hotel, you know, the four seasons fancy hotel and I'll sit in the lobby um, and they have the best Wi-Fi there, mm-hmm. and they don't bother you because they think you're a, you know, a, a client of that hotel, you know, five hundred dollar a night hotel. So they treat you all nice. Mm-hmm. And I sit there in a corner, comfortable couch, and I write all day. And I go home, and it costs me nothing. Maybe I'll buy a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they actually, uh, you know, like you, they actually bring you some. Like, hey, would you? They ask you, you know, they think you're a guest. You're sitting there doing work or something, and they bring. It's like. It's um, so if you don't have an office, you don't want to like that's one of my things. That's one of uh, one of my uh, go to's. I, um, you know, go to a fancy resort yeah. and I'll sit there. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I, and I think that's what you're what you're saying. Maybe you're not even meaning to say it. But again, it's, it's about the fear. It's about the, you know, well, I don't have the right environment. I don't have the right. Yeah. You know, like we just keep telling ourselves, well, if I just had this office, if I just didn't have to yeah. work at home. If I didn't have kids, if I didn't, you know, yeah. um, and, and again, we all have the same amount of, of time and, you know, mm-hmm. in, in the day as everyone else that's ever lived. Um, 
Uh, I wanted to, uh, before we get to some, I gave you some kind of questions ahead of time, like some quick hit questions. We'll get into some of those in a minute, but I wanted to talk a little bit just for a moment, because I think this is interesting um, for those that are kind of starting out, getting their books out there. Maybe they have one book or two books or a couple or maybe three. Um, you did kind of an interesting uh, video and you had kind of a, a, a marketing plan and your your goal was to, you wanted to kind of make sure you had some reviews in place before you know, you yeah. kinda, your book kind of got rolling. And then you also wanted to um, get a bunch of free downloads uh, so people could actually read the book and, and give some reviews and give some feedback yeah. for free. So so talk a little bit about kind of the, the genesis of this strategy and kind of what you kind of learned through that. And, you know, how did it work for you? Because you obviously you have a lot of reviews way more than, you know, you have way more than I do. But, um, you know, just, you know, how did that work? What what would you learn from that experience? Yeah. Uh, so I, I took, um, Mark Dawson's, uh, uh, class, you know, I, I forgot what he's called it or, you know, um, one one or whatever. Um, and I don't have a platform, don't have an email list. And I was thinking, okay, how, how can I get one? And so I had the, the early copy, uh, un, like just my personal edits out there and I set a launch date, uh, a month in advance. And, uh, my goal was to get, um, 1000 downloads, uh, to give away a thousand copies. Um, I use book funnel and in order to get it, you know, they, you, they have to get your, uh, you have to put in an email and, um, I, my goal was to get, yeah, a thousand, uh, downloads, uh, before it launched. And then a, and then, uh, the month after it launched 50 reviews. And so, well, the week of launch, I wanted 25 reviews just to, for the first week and then 50 within the, the, the end of the month. So it, I, I had to hustle and I, um, uh, contacted, um, all kinds of different people. And I just told my story and, you know, um, my book is a Christian nonfiction book, but it's also kind of a, a life coaching book. So I contacted, um, all these different people, you know, life coaches and pastors and all, and some of them I knew, uh, most of them I didn't, you know, I actually emailed not spammed, uh, like, like one at a time, uh, uh, you know, a, a, an email. It took me forever. And I just explained who I am. And I said, uh, this is my book. Um, if you, and if you liked this, it, it, my book is very similar to a, a, a book, um, called, uh, living forward by Michael Hyatt. Um, but, uh, mine has a little bit of different spin and it is kind of, uh, more, uh, uh, specifically for a Christian audience cause it, it brings in, um, uh, more biblical, uh, stories and, and, and teachings from the Bible. So, um, but I, 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 I sent it to, um, uh, life coaches and I said, if you liked living forward, my book is very similar to that. And I just want to give it to you for free. Um, and you can download it here and you might find it useful. Um, and if you liked it, maybe you'll give your, uh, maybe please consider giving me a review when it launches later on, you know? So I, I did that a month in advance and, uh, yeah, I, I reached that goal over a thousand people downloaded it for free before launch. And then when it launched, I, I emailed those same people and said, um, Hey, it's, you know, you could go put up your, your reviews now. And I showed them how to do that. But then I said this. Um, I'm launching at 99 cents. And if, if, uh, you, 
you know, if you want to actually be even more helpful, please consider buying it at 99 cents before you leave the review so that your review could be a verified purchase. So, um, and I explained why, and, you know, because Amazon kind of hides those, the, the, the unverified per, uh, reviews. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, so most people actually, I mean, you know, the majority of those people, uh, did that. Um, but this is kind of interesting, um, for my, my second book, um, which was published only, uh, I think less than 60 days after, um, I did none of that. And um, I wanted to test um, just my mailing list, mm-hmm. not asking for reviews, just saying, hey, I got a new book out, go check it out, and also an AMS ads, right? I didn't, I didn't bomb anyone on social media. Uh, I didn't um, make videos or anything like that. But um, am I breaking up? Sounds kind of weird here. Yeah, just you're you're good. Okay, uh, so so for my for my second book, what I did was um, I just emailed my list and I created a bunch of AMS ads for it. And even right now, it's a it's a month in. It hit the bestseller list, number one in in a couple of categories, but it's only got five reviews. So it's kind of interesting. I was like, you know what? I don't know how much reviews affect um, the, you know, the algorithms or, or how people see it. Mm-hmm. And if you get, if you send people to your, your list, you know, they, they might pick it up. Mm-hmm. And again, I launched it at 99 cents and, you know, um, I'm, a, I'm about to raise it up to, uh, you know, higher price. Um, yeah. The, the unexpected thing is, uh, I, I thought it was just kind of a throwaway, um, creating the Create Space um, print-on-demand books. Mm-hmm. Um, people are buying those more than I thought. And All right. How about uh, any must-have uh, software? Uh, let's see. Um, I'm actually... A both a low tech and high tech guy, you know, I have all the gadgets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone knows about Scrivener and Trello, uh, uh, and I think a lot of your guests talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll mention two things that have been helpful for me is um, uh, I use Grammarly, the the free version, mm-hmm. you know, just to check, uh, do some editing there. I also use uh, uh, it's a web app, and it's, I use the free version um, called uh, Hangway. You guys, you heard of that? So, um, say it again. Uh, Hemingway. Oh, Hemingway. It's it's called Heming. Yep. Hemingway, like uh, Ernest Hemingway. Yep. And uh, you know, it, it's it 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 doesn't talk about like um like like punctuation or whatever. It's it's more grammar. You know, things pop up like saying, "Hey, this is a passive sentence." You might consider you know strengthening that up with a you know it gives you these suggestions and it doesn't change it for you, but it 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 uh, shows you like, "Hey, this sentence is too." long, you might want to look into it. So it, it's kind of like a different um, way of looking at, at uh, your writing in different eyes. Um, but my favorite thing for writing, um, honestly, is I get a bunch of really cheap notebooks, like um, like composition notebooks, you know, like a, for a dollar or two each. Yep. And 
I I use that. And, you know, a lot of people write their ideas in like a moleskin. Like moleskin costs like fifteen bucks, and and <laughs> you you feel like oh my thoughts have to be worthy, right? right Say no, right. no, this cost me a dollar. Um, but another thing I, I I love is I love fountain pens. Mm-hmm. So I got a cheap notebook, but I have a bunch of really nice pens mm-hmm. that I write in, and it's like it brings me joy to see how smoothly the ink flows <laughs> on the page. You know, it's just like. Ah, it's just, yeah, so amazing. And once you get so, a nice, a nice pen, it kind of does ruin you. You're like, I can't use a Bic yeah, again. Like it's yeah. bleeding everywhere. It's so smooth. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I, I, I just use that at my desk because, you know, fountain pens leak everywhere and you don't want right. to put it in your bag. Or, but so, so when I'm at my. Yeah, you're like a highbrow writer. I mean, I get to see you with your fountain pen and your notebooks and yeah. the muse just showing up in your office. Yeah. Well, you know, I, uh, the reason I like, I, I tried to do a lot of my first drafting in, in, uh, longhand because you can't, you, you are unable to edit, mm-hmm. uh, when you write longhand, but, you know, you just can't, you, you can't cross it out or you can't move things around. It's there mm-hmm. and you just got to keep on going. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, so it helps me to, to get more of my thoughts down. Mm-hmm. And, um, so when I, so that's kind of like the zero draft, mm-hmm. uh, and then I type it out, and then when I type it, I kind of that's mm-hmm. when I do kind of my kind of my first edit, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. It's, so it, it actually uh, it doesn't actually take longer. It, it's yeah. actually quicker for me when I do that. Well, I remember so, the um, you know Elmore Leonard, the famous thriller writer. You know, um, he to the day he died wrote longhand, and he yeah. said because of that he actually almost wrote one draft and he was done because it forced him just to write slower. Yeah. You know, he edited a little bit, but then somebody else typed it up for him. But he was like, he's like, I was pretty much done once I, you know, once I finished uh, the first draft. So very interesting. Um, and I think it engages a different part of your brain. Yeah, it does. It's not it's not the same as a computer. Yeah. It's and and I'm, I'm, I have a I have an art background, you know, mm-hmm. and there's something about a pen and paper. Right. Um, that gets my imagination going a little bit. And uh, so especially like when I'm out when I'm at the park or at Starbucks, it's just a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to, to write on a piece of paper, uh, you know, a notebook. Cool. Yeah. Any, uh, any TV shows, movies that people need to see? Well, okay. Uh, all time. If you've never, I think this is like the best storytelling ever cinematically is uh, the 1980s era, uh, TV miniseries uh, Lonesome Dove, based on that Lua Lamore uh, uh, book. Okay. Uh, amazing. Uh, it, you know, it's it, it's it's uh, Robert Duvall, Tommy Lee Jones, and a bunch of you know. Uh, I don't know. If you, have you seen that? It's amazing. Years ago, it, it, yeah, years ago. Yeah, it's it's just like the best character storytelling, and and, uh, and it's very true to the book. Also, mm-hmm. um, I'm a big. I, I, I'm kind of a nerd. I, I, I like uh, I, I'm huge into movies. Uh, if you haven't seen um, uh, Orville, uh, you got to watch Orville, the TV show, which is a spoof on uh, Star Trek. Okay. It's it's hilarious. It's it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> it's like it's like better than the real Star Trek, uh, but it's 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 great, you know. Yeah. Other movies, yeah, like you know, uh, Forrest Gump, Shawshank, mm-hmm. things like that. Yep. I got um, yeah. Uh, how about any? I, I actually didn't have you think of this ahead of time, but any um, podcasts that you say you know, writer, writerly or otherwise, that you go, these are really helpful. 
Yeah, I listen to podcasts like all day long now, and I just I that's just my thing. And uh, I you know I like this one. I like um, you know James Altucher's podcast. He's more business. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's pretty good. You know, there's the the uh, you know uh, Creative Pen and all these things. Uh, you've had these guests on there, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, um, Rachel Heron and uh, uh, Jay, what is his name? Jay Thorne. Jay Thorne. Their their podcast, Pedal to the Metal. Mm -hmm. And I love that podcast just because they're two writers just doing it day in and day out. And they just get together and they talk about it. Mm -hmm. You know, I love that. Um, So, yeah, I'm I'm always – I love the craft craft uh, uh, ones that talk about the the actually the the mindset of writing and you know um, yeah so th- those are those are a few that that I like um, there are some business ones you know I, I create a pen and 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 uh, 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 mark Dawson's one I mean those are, are hugely helpful but they're more about the business side of things mm-hmm. um, yeah okay uh, well good um, so Here's uh, the big question. So, TN, you are stealing internet from the fancy Four Seasons Hotel. You're doing your writing, and you're sitting there sipping your coffee unassumedly. And you look over, and on the floor is a microphone. And what you find out is this microphone is wired into the entire universe, (laughs) and actually the writer universe. And you have an opportunity to share some of your maybe one, two, or three writerly truths that you'd want to tell every writer, what would they be? Yeah. Uh, you gave me this question ahead of time, so I, I wrote it out, and um, I got three things. And the first one is um, actually in contradiction to uh, an advice you gave. Um, you know, I think it was uh, one of your podcasts recently, the the Micro Monday mm-hmm. Um where you can't disagree with me. That's not why. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I do. Um, uh, you you talk about you talked about like one of the things about what what gets you to the finish line is is having passion. You know, having passion. Um, I actually I actually disagree with that mm-hmm. um, because um, I think that's the thing that that got me stuck for a long time mm-hmm. because. I have a lot of starting energy, but not a lot of finishing energy. And it's just like I lose my the passion Mm -hmm. halfway through and I can't I I don't know if it's good or not. And I just been in it too long. And and my my so my advice, my first advice for a person who is just starting out is that that like you shouldn't seek or or pursue external inspiration, Mm -hmm. but that you need to you need to focus on your internal purpose. Mm-hmm. Because you can't control your the external, you know that mm-hmm. comes and goes. Your, your external, that you know the muse, mm-hmm. but you need to know your why. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you doing this? I mean, is it is it for yourself? Um, is it for uh, your reader? You want to get a story out, but it has to be an internal purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, not a you can't wait for the external inspiration. And because honestly, um, for me, pursuing my passion. Uh, because I, I, I lose I lose my passion when things get hard mm-hmm. and uh, but I don't lose my purpose like I'm gonna finish this book and honestly it might not help anyone no one might never you know people might never read it mm-hmm. but one of the purposes of of me finishing it is to build that muscle of 
finishing things and shipping and and not quitting and you know so that's part of my purpose like i am growing that muscle of being a writer that's good so that's the first thing is you know don't 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 pursue this external inspiration or passion but just focus on that internal purpose mm-hmm. you have to have an internal why so uh, apologize for for contradicting you but uh, you know at least it's it, okay. it works okay. for me okay uh, second thing um, I have a saying um, that one of my mentors gave me. It, he, uh, it kept on drilling into our, our minds, uh, our heads, uh, is he would always say, start small, go deep, but dream big. Mm-hmm. Start small, go deep, but dream big. And for me, you know, I, I always I, – I, 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 I tell myself, like, just start small and then but, – but be committed to making it better, mm-hmm. right? Just start someplace – Go deep, and you got you you you're gonna grow, and you want to make it better. So, in the how that how like for me, I'm I'm in this. I'm just starting, and for me, what this means is I need to I need to learn about the business of writing, and uh, uh, so I would recommend um, craft books, mm-hmm. like books on on like like read uh, read books on good writing. And then also read books on the business of publishing, mm-hmm. and those are two separate, you know, skill sets. Um, but like, like you know, craft books. I mean, books on writing. I mean, some of the the ones that have helped me. I mean, you know, Anne Lamott's Bird by Bird, uh, War of Art, Stephen Pressfield. Uh, people don't necessarily. I don't know. You get bad the different reviews, but I loved Elizabeth Gilbert's uh, Big Magic. Mm-hmm. And it was just it was um, that that really helped me. Um, Stephen King's on writing, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a there's tons of books on the craft of of writing. Um, some helpful ones, like I, um, I'm actually you know I, I I've been working on a a side fiction project too, so I've been learning about that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Save the Cat by Blake Snyder. You know, James Scott Bell has a, 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 his book on a story structure is great. Uh, Lisa Cron's book called Story Genius is excellent, and I, um, you might have had her uh, Libby Hawker's book, yep. uh, Take Take Off Your Pants. That you know about outlining. Uh, yep. yeah, outlining. Th- those are some great books. One one thing that I would recommend right now, um, uh, I, I think it's in preparation for this uh, uh, NaNoWriMo. Uh, Chuck Wendig. Um, yeah, he, he writes some of the Star Wars in the Star Wars universe, and he has some uh, other other books that um, just uh, that he's created. He has a uh, he has a book bundle right now. That's for ten books. You get seven books. Like I'm like I'm not an affiliate or anything. I'm, I but um, I bought this last year, and I just loved his his books. They're kind of in your face. He uses a lot of foul language, but it's mm-hmm. it's hilarious. Um, he has five five books about the craft of writing. His website's called TerribleMinds.com or something like that. So um, yeah, so that's what I, I would encourage. Like like you gotta uh, you gotta start someplace, but you gotta improve and make it better. You know, go deep, but have a have a big picture. You know, start small, go deep, dream big. So that's number two. Uh, my last word of advice is that you have to find a balance between your private life and your public life, meaning that a lot of writing, uh, it necessitates that you have to learn how to be comfortable being alone with your own thoughts, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so you, you have to be comfortable with that. And a lot, a lot of people, you know, um, are not, mm-hmm. but, but you can't stay there that mm-hmm. you also have to, 
um, uh, put your writing, your work out there in the world. You have to ask for help. Let someone read it or else you're never going to get, you know, you're never going to get better. You're never going to finish. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, but you, you can't stay in that public world for too long either, you know, kind of worrying about, will this people, will these people read it? You know, uh, will they like it? What will they think? You know, so you have to balance that, that, that private world and that public world. Um, so those are the three things, you know, uh, yeah. I love it. So, uh, Tian, as we wrap up, where can people find you? Um, and where, where do they need to start with, uh, with you? Yeah, uh, I have a really lame website and blog that I barely uh, keep up, but it's tiendone.net. It's T-H-I-E-N-D-O-A-N.net. And if you go up there, um, you could probably get a book for free. Uh, You know, I'll, I'll give away my next book. Uh, when I, my next, uh, you know, um, I'll do a pre-release to, to people who sign up for, for the list. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't spam anyone and I don't have anything to, you know, no, no courses or anything to sell, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, love to, love to, uh, uh, you know, get to know people. And, um, if there's any writers out there, especially like Christian writers, if there's any pastors out there who, who want to write, mm-hmm. um, man, I'd love for you, uh, you to reach out to me and, and find me on, on the website. Uh, yeah. So um, I feel like there's a really good community mm-hmm. here. And I, I kind of found my, my tribe with, uh, with indie authors. Well, great. Well, Dr. Doan, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. And uh, you really helped a lot of people. And I really appreciate you just being vulnerable, talking about your story as you get going here, just all the the reality of writing. It's not always easy, but um, I know you're learning a lot and uh, cranking out the books and doing the work. And that's all we can do. So thanks for coming on. Great. Thanks. Thanks for listening today. We hope you found it helpful. If you like the show, please help us spread the word by subscribing to the podcast or by leaving a rating or review. You can connect with me on my website, tndone.net, where I have lots of helpful resources available to you for free. My website is tndone.net. That's spelled T-H-I-E-N-D-O-A-N.net. See you next time. And remember, you can change the world with your words.